We are continuing on with our series. This is the next week will be the last week of this series before we move into a new series in May, The Battlefield of the Mind, and said for the last three weeks of this series that we would look at some of the practical things that help us when we look at the mind. Is there things that we can do as we look at this whole area of our mental health and the battlefield of the mind from a, a Christian perspective? Uh, and so what we want to look at today is really the protection of the mind, how we protect our minds, because the Bible has something to say about this. Just a reminder of some of the things that we said early on in this series for those people that weren't here. Uh, one of the things that we said was our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So our thought life is so important and essential uh, to our walk with God. Uh, and so our lives often move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Whatever happening in our life at that moment, whatever we're dealing with at this particular point, that's the direction sometimes that our lives move in the direction uh, of. And, and the second thing we said, and, and Paul really talks about this in the book of Romans, when he simply says, summing up, whatever gets your mind gets you. Whatever gets your mind gets you because your mind is where your uh, desires are de decided, it's where your motives are, it's where everything in a sense comes and begins in a sense. So it begins in your mind, in your thought life and then comes out in your action. Uh, and so those two things we sort of covered in the first two weeks. And so this morning we're going to take another look uh, at, at the mind and how we can protect the mind. Somebody said this, uh, they said your mind is a garden your thoughts are the seeds you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds I thought that was quite good that week quote you won't find it anywhere in the bible so don't start looking but it is a good quote uh, and I thought because uh, you will though find this in the bible and this is what Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5 now we have to remember the context that Paul writes to the church in Corinth is and we studied this when we did the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians recently was, was this Corinth was a cosmopolitan city full of idolatry, full of sin uh, full of all things imaginable that people could get up to and this had, some of these thoughts had crept their way into the church uh, and so Paul is addressing it particularly in 2 Corinthians and he, he comes with these verses for them when he says for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ it's really that last bit that the focus is on in the time that we have today. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so we know that Paul is writing to the church here because of all the different thoughts that are coming into the church really from outside. And it's confusing people because even when Paul writes this over nearly 2,000 years ago, he's understanding something for people. that The mind is a battlefield, but also it's also where all these thoughts 
coming. And Paul is trying to help them by saying, actually, all of these thoughts that come in, you have to decide, basically, are they for Christ or of Christ, or are they of the world and for the world? And each of us has to make that decision with the thoughts that we have. It's, it's reckoned research shows, and I shared this in the second week, that the, you know, our mind can be bombarded with at least 500 thoughts a day that we don't want to think. That doesn't include the things we want to think, that's just the things that we don't want to think, because the mind is such a battlefield in a sense, it's such a magnet of information that we take in everything that we see and everything that we hear, and we, we have to sort of digest all of that and decide what do we want to bring into our minds, uh, and what do we want to leave to the outside. The reason we have to do that is because of this. You have to take your thoughts captive, or your thoughts will take you captive. That's really the crunch of, of what Paul is trying to say here. We've said what Corinth is like, uh, and so Paul is addressing almost these arrogant ideas and rebellious attitudes that have come into the church that simply just equates Christianity alongside everything else. All the other deities and all the other gods that are available in Corinth, why should this god be any different? Why should we follow this god? And Paul is accusing them and saying, this is arrogant, this is a rebellious attitude coming into the church that simply says you're just equating it all the same. So Paul is challenging them and, and saying there is one way to live and it's to live for Christ. And in living for Christ in the physical, you have to make that decision first in the mental and the emotional and the decision making. And so that's why he encourages them to say, well, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ, measure it up against the standard of God, measure it up against the standard of the will of God and the word of God. You see, Paul says here, and this is so important for us to understand, he says, we're at war. We're at war. We're at war today. And that's why we've called this the battlefield of the mind. Our minds are our war. People's mental health is a battleground. And they said, and we, we started at the beginning of this to say, we're throwing open the conversation. We're throwing open so people don't understand, well, if I feel like this, I shouldn't really go to church because, but no, you should come to church because church is exactly the sort of place that you need to get your support and your help and encouragement. And so because each of us are facing that battlefield in our minds, what, what bothers you in your thoughts is not necessarily what bothers me in my thoughts. What, what, move, what, what my life moves towards as far as my strongest thoughts is not what your life moves towards in your strongest thoughts. But hey, we're in this all together. And maybe we need to throw off sometimes, and I'm scared to say this, maybe we need to take off the spiritual masks, not the physical masks. Maybe we need to take off the spiritual masks sometimes. And reveal to others and say to others, well, this is the sort of stuff that we're dealing with because my mind is a battlefield. All of this stuff going on, how do I know what's right? How do I know what's wrong? Well, we discover this here because Paul says, well, it's warfare. We're in a fight. It's a battle. And you see, warfare involves bringing all our thoughts into alignment with the word of God and the will of God. And Paul uses a word here, and he only uses it in this place in the New Testament when he talks about a stronghold. And a stronghold is simply a fortress. And he's simply saying that people have set up these strongholds, these fortresses in their mind. 
and their wrong thoughts and wrong perceptions about who God is and what God has done. And Paul is saying, listen, we need to demolish these strongholds that are in people's minds because people are living the wrong way and their thoughts are moving them in the direction of things that are not good for them because they've got these strongholds in their mind. And these strongholds are simply these thoughts and perceptions that simply contradict God and his word. The Christian opinion is not a popular opinion in the world at the moment. We should not try to blend it in with the world to make it popular. It has never been popular. I was reading a quote yesterday from Tim Keller, a very famous writer, and he says, at the time here, they were struggling with the deities, with all the different gods. If we jump forward 2,000 years, he said, nothing's changed. We're no longer struggling with the different gods. We're not struggling with the different deities. We're struggling with people's different identities because people just don't know who they are anymore. They can label themselves as anything. It's no wonder the world is confused. And so what we're trying to do in the battlefield of the mind in bringing this under the Christian teaching of what God is teaching us through his word is helping us to understand that we've got to bring our thoughts and our perceptions in align with the word of God and the will of God. You see, their problem here was in Corinth is this. They just wanted to argue. They just wanted to discuss. They wanted to level, put God on the level playing field and say, well, let's discuss God with all this other stuff that's going on. And really the problem was this. They wanted to make God fit to the behaviour that they were exhibiting the rest of the week. That was all this was about. It's not that they didn't want to make God equal. The problem is with the Christian faith and living the Christian way. It not only challenges your beliefs, but it challenges your beliefs and changes your belief, it affects your behaviour. It has to affect your behaviour. The church in Corinth was not interested in that happening. They were simply saying, you know what, we, we just keep it all together. It's all in the mix there. The we can worship God on one day of the week, but the rest of the week we're free to do whatever we want in the city of ours. Paul comes in with a challenge and says, no, that's the stronghold that you've got to demolish in your mind. That's the perception and the wrong thoughts that you have that you've got to break. The warfare, the battle happens in the middle where it says no longer are we making this equal what God teaches, we're elevating God to the highest place and the highest point in our life and we're saying we're living that way. That's how we win the battlefield in the mind. They're debating God and debating others, saying, oh, you know what, there's a better way. How often do we hear today, whether it be through the news, or the, the, the biblical way or the Christian way, but we don't want to live that way anymore. Bible's not relevant anymore. We should all be free to do what we want, to discover our own truth. We make people, as I said in one of the weeks, more intellectual. And if we make them more intellectual, the more understanding they'll have, the less wrong they'll do. But that hasn't really worked out, has it? We haven't become a better people. And so even at this point here, they're debating and saying, we should be doing all of this. And they're exalting themselves above the knowledge of God. People will always come with something new and something different to say and say, we've discovered something better than God. We've discovered something that surpasses the knowledge that God has given us. They'll present their arguments and they'll present their debates and they'll present their points. But it really is no better. 
It's just man elevating himself or man putting him in the position, putting himself in the position of God, which is what he's done from the beginning. See, intellect and all the other stuff were not dismantled. These deeply rooted errors uh, simply exalt themselves in people's minds. But there are strongholds in our mind that we have to deal with. There is wrong thinking and wrong thoughts and wrong perception. And, and the reason why you have to demolish the stronghold, the fortress in your mind, is for this reason. Behind every stronghold is a lie. Behind every stronghold is a lie. A lie maybe you have been told about you personally. Maybe it's a lie that somebody has told you that you have to believe. Behind every stronghold is a lie. And behind every lie is that fear. There's a fear of something. And so that then challenges people. That What do we do with this? Well, but Paul says this when we come to battle, because we are in a battle, that we do this, uh, we walk according to the flesh. But we don't war according to the flesh. And before some people come back and say, we're going to walk according to the spirit, as it says in Galatians. And, and that, that the reality is this, it says none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We, we will war, all walk in perfect lives until uh, the end of our days. It says we are saved. There's a difference between being saved and being perfect. We mustn't mix the two. So the ability for me to do the wrong thing or something sinful, I'm still able to do that. It's only by the choice that I make and those choices that I make begin in the mind. And what Paul is saying is, is that flesh, that attraction to do things in the physical and the flesh is still there. So that's what he means here when he says we walk according to the flesh. But he doesn't say that we war according to the flesh. He says we war according to something higher. He writes about it in Ephesians 6 when he says we don't fight our battles on this level uh, with each other. There are, spiritual, there are dark spiritualities and principalities working behind the scenes always. That darkness that descends in a sense and, and encourages and challenges and tempts people to do the wrong thing. That's, that's what we do when we war, we're in a battle. And so the first thing that we have to do when we're in a battle is we have to protect the mind because that's the first place that gets attacked. So I'm going to help by giving you three things that help us pull down and defeat the strongholds in our mind. The first thing that we've said all the way through this is the word of God. And, and I keep repeating this because it's so true. We replace the lies of the enemy, the lies of our sinful nature with the truth of the word of God. But there's an important truth about the word of God that we've got to grasp and we don't often grasp it is we've got to open it and read it. That's, we've got to open it and read it. Because the difficulty is sometimes people will want to look at an interpretation of the word, somebody's thought about a word, a sermon about the word, what somebody on the God channel says about the word, what YouTube says about it. And we will list off all the things rather than just opening up the word of God and reading it for ourselves. And you see, the more we read the word of God and we allow the word of God to change us, the more it protects us from the lies of the enemy and the lies of all the other things that would attack our mind. It's a protector of the mind. Because the first thing we do when we hear something that we think, is that right, is that wrong, is we measure it against the standard of the word of God. 
That's what it means to be in the battle. That's where the battle is fought because today we're actually on the battlefield and we've got the weapons and the enemy is in front of us and we've got to figure out, well, how do we not only attack the enemy, but how do we defend ourselves against the enemy and everything that's happening? Well, we do it by this. We take the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, as Ephesians 6 says, and it's the only offensive weapon that there is in the whole armor of God because God God is saying almost in a sense it's the only one you need it's the absolute essential one coming up against the devil and in Pentecostal circles we'll do the lot of shouting at the devil and a lot of claiming against the devil and a lot of telling the devil to get out and doing all of this stuff rather than just doing what Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil in Matthew 4 which taught us a principle of fighting the battle was every time the devil tempts him he just responds with the word of God three times the devil tempts to be responds with the word of God so that's how we fight in that battle we use the word of God if Jesus does it he's teaching us a lesson about what we have to do the second thing is this is we see the blood of Christ Revelation 12 verse 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death we come and we remember what Christ has done for us every Sunday in the table Reese has just led us up but there is, there is something so important and essential in the sense of something we take on all the way through our daily lives, our weekly lives. When it says there, it says, well, how do we overcome? Simply these two things, the blood of the lamb, most important, but the word of a testimony. What's the word of the testimony? What Christ Jesus has done in your life. How does that affect our mind? Because when we're told things, we have to challenge it by the testimony. The testimony is what Christ Jesus has done in our lives. So when it comes into our mind that somebody says, you're nothing but a sinner, you're nothing but wrong, you're nothing but rubbish, you're nothing but a failure, our response is the word of our testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives and changed us. It says not looking for the next teaching that's coming through, not looking for any of the other stuff that's happening, but simply this, when the mind gets attacked we protect it by the word of God but we protect it by our testimony as well because our testimony is what Christ Jesus has done in each and every one of our lives and this is what makes the church relevant today still in 2021 is that Jesus Christ still changes people's lives he does I think so anyway he does he changes people's lives so the word of the testimony with the blood of the lamb Blood of the Lamb is there for the forgiveness of our sins. It says our testimony is there because this is what Christ Jesus has done in our life. None of us in this place has earned it. And we come in this morning and we can take it because of what he has done for us. We are protecting our mind by that. And third thing that we see here is the armour of God that we read about in Ephesians 6. See, Paul is doing something interesting here because he's not just demolishing false arguments. He wants to bring people's thought life and their mind under Christ's lordship. You know, in the Christian faith, there's a lot of things we have to give up 
but we're often challenged to give them up because God wants us to take up other things. So it's not just a case of demolishing the arguments. Actually, we need to take up the stuff that helps us to make Christ the lordship of our life. And in that is taking those thoughts captive that come into our lives and come into our mind. And you see, and there were three steps now just to help bring our thought life under Christ's lordship. I am so glad you don't know everything I think throughout the week. I'm so glad I don't know everything that you think about the whole week because our mind is an incredible. If you could witness some of the things that I have thought this week, you would not listen to me preach this morning. I'm not going to tell you what they are. But the same would be of you because our mind is such a dangerous place. It's a hive of evil. You're driving down the road, somebody cuts in in front of you, says your immediate thought is now God bless you sir, have my space. <laughs> is it? Let's be honest. Says so somebody irritates or aggravates us or somebody speaks bad about us and we hear what they've said. We know what the biblical response is and we get to do that most of the time. But often the initial thought is not that. The initial thought is, wait till I see them. Wait till I tell them what I think. Wait till they find out what I'm going to say about them. If they've gone and told all these people about what they think about me, I'm going to go and tell all those people what I think about them. And how often do we do that? So our thought life is protected as well. Because none of us would want everybody else to know what we're thinking about. None of us would want everybody else to know the stuff that goes on in our mind uh, about things that have happened that attaches itself to maybe how guilty we feel about something or the shame we feel about something or something that's happened that we can do nothing about. Uh, and yet I think it's planned that way. I think it's God almost saying to us sometimes that that part is protected, that part is looked after, that each of us starts on this equal level playing field. We can see how each other acts, but we can't always know what everybody thinks. Uh, and that's a good thing sometimes, probably a good thing most of the time. We don't know what people think. And so there are three things here that help us uh, to bring your thought life under Christ's lordship. First one is this, be aware that God knows every thought and there was nothing hidden from him. The Psalm 139 where he tells us that he knows everything that we are thinking about, he knows everywhere we've been, every thought that comes into our head before we've thought it. That's actually a good thing, that we we're aware that God knows every thought and so what do we do when the thought comes into our mind? We decide, is it Christ-like or is it unchrist-like? We almost have to sort it out into a folder to give a modern description. Is it Christ-like or is it not Christ-like? Well, if it's Christ-like, well, that's okay. We'll hold that there, plant that as a seed. If it's not Christ-like, well, we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of that thought because if we put that in the wrong folder, that may grow and that may stem and cause some trouble for us. So we've got to be aware that God knows everything that we're thinking about. The second thing is this, be resolute in focusing your mind on Christ. Uh, and, and Paul writes to the church in, in Colossians and he simply says this, says, set your mind on earthly things. There's a lot of trouble going on around him. He just says, he says, set your mind on earthly things. People get so wound up and stressed out about things. Often you say to them, will this matter next week? And suddenly people are like, well, I don't, you know, well will it matter next week? Most of the time it doesn't. 
I know they're so stressed out in the mind doctors get occupied with what's going on and you're like will this matter next week no it won't I says well let it go let it go I'm almost going to burst out into song here let it go let it go and those words here just simply help us to understand that we set our mind on earthly things our thought life is also important this way because our physical life is important in our decisions there are two things we belong to someone we belong to christ jesus the second thing is this is that we're a purchased possession he has paid for us it matters the way we act it matters the way we think it matters the way we behave our decisions and our choices matter because they never just affect us and the third thing is this and this is a big one in this day and age be careful what your eyes see and your ears hear you are responsible for most of what you allow into your mind says if you watch the wrong thing your memory in it brings it in files it away it says in this day and age it's so uh, i have to be so careful with the stuff i mean paul is writing this two thousand years ago and we think it has improved we think it'll get better it doesn't get better says we possess these mobile phones that have an access to the whole world to every thought and every idea and every sinful practice and everything that we can look at that is not good for our mind and we can do it in private and we can do it where nobody else knows and we can put a security key into it and, and nobody else will ever know and we live in a more dangerous place and that's why for the battlefield of the mind we've got to be careful what our eyes see and what our ears hear because we're responsible for what goes into our mind we're responsible for the stuff that goes in there because we've got to then decide how do we make this thought captive for christ how do we make this thought obedient to christ that's hard if you're just filling in rubbish in your lives if if you're binge watching a netflix series for eight hours at the weekend and you're reading your bible for 20 minutes at the same time what's the greater influence now I'm not attacking any Netflix lovers here I love Netflix but the point is this he says if you are allowing that material in to store in your mind but the word gets a second place thinking that brief foray into the word would just wash everything clean that maybe you've just watched and suddenly we're in problems that's why our mind is a battlefield Paul is saying this and only a couple of minutes left He's coming and he's saying to this church, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We're saying this morning, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What you're thinking affects the way that you live. What you're thinking affects your relationship with God. What you're watching, what you're listening to, it affects your walk with God. It's not a simple case of some people do, well, it just walks alongside it. So I can watch what I want and listen to what I want and I can have God involved in my life when I want. If we can, we have to elevate the God thing higher than that. Although this is a challenging message this morning, it has to be challenging because we're waging a war in our mind and our mind is where the biggest problems are often for people. And so we challenge people with the, those thoughts. See, we finish with this, that so we fill our mind with God's word and you will have no room for the enemy's lies. We're given those practical challenges today, submitting our thoughts to the word of God. Areas of our thought 
life that we find difficult to overcome, we can find specific scriptures to help us. I was helped very early on as a, a young Christian. Somebody said to me, and I realized this, uh, God often gives us the wisdom to avoid things rather than the faith to overcome them. We're often always just interested in overcoming everything and beating everything. God is often interested in just avoiding it and not letting it become an issue in our life because it doesn't have to be. And so that's part of the battle as well. And it says, we come this morning, I finished with this challenge for us because we are in a battle and each of us will fight our different battles. Each of us will be affected in different ways in the battlefield of our mind. Where all of us, lots of us, nobody will know what's going on in your mind, in your thinking. But Paul gives us this great encouragement that every thought we have in our mind, we can take captive and make it obedient to Christ. Paul wouldn't say it if God couldn't do it. And so those thoughts in our mind that we're having, listen, bring them over to God. Submit them to God, submit them to his word, put them before his will and his word. Because Paul is encouraging the church there to do it and is encouraging us here in living hope this morning to do it as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, your word brings us challenge. Because Father, we want to protect our minds. And Father, we are in a war, in a battle. And we know that your son has won the victory. But Father, sometimes in our day-to-day -day lives, we face challenges and difficulties because of the things that come into our mind, the things that we think. And your servant Paul writes these tremendous words. We speak out this morning over the church that we can indeed take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. For he wouldn't have said it if you couldn't have done it. And God, we know you can do it this morning. And Father, whatever is on people's minds this morning, whatever struggles and battles they are fighting, God, give them the victory. Give them the protection. Give them all that they need today, Father God. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.